What's up, everybody? Welcome to Badumbiz. I'm Anthony Frieda. Got a great guest today, Chet from Chet Z Productions. Yeah, Chet and I worked together a few few years back. Um, he's he's a such a talented musician, really incredible producer, actually. And um, we had a great talk, really good talk. He's a smart dude, one of the smartest people I know, actually. Um, yeah, please, please enjoy um, this episode and uh, check out. I put it, a link in in the uh, description to go check out his uh, his single Yar Banale. Uh, please, please go listen to that song. It's an amazing song. All right, enjoy. All right, what's up, everybody? Anthony Frieda here. Welcome to Badum Biz. I got a really, really awesome guest here today. Uh, and I say here because this is all I got. All I got is these Zoom sessions. I wish this guy were in person. We've worked together before. We've performed together quite a few times. And uh, really intense performances, I must say, but like extremely rewarding and fun performances. His name is Chet, and he's, uh, he's the um, owner of Chet Z Productions. All right, so welcome, Chet. Thank you very much, Anthony. Uh, honor to be here with you. I know it's on a virtual level, but hey, you know what? It's the best we can do right now with all the, the craziness that's going on. Thank you for having me on, bud. Oh, of course, man. Of course. Uh, so, all right. So I'll, I'll just do a little background. Chet, Chet and I met, um, you know, I've told this almost every guest here. I have a cool story like of how, how awesome it is and how in-person um, connections are, are so powerful. So there, there's a woman I went to college with. Her name is Lauren, Lauren Crump. I'll shout, I'll shout her out. She's a percussionist. She, she plays tabla actually. Um, and you know, a couple of years back, right. I think it, she, uh, contacted yeah. me because Chet was looking for a drummer and I think, yep. <laughs> so somehow there was a connection to, uh, to Lauren and then Lauren knew me. Uh, and, and so what was the gig now we were playing in Bryant park in the city for like, uh, hundreds of people. I think there was thousands. I, I think was I, I think when, yeah, when the uh, <clears throat> when they came back with the capacity, I think we had about uh, two and a half, three thousand people basically by the end of the evening. Oh um, shit! Kind of there was there was a handful. I, I think there was a few. There was like a thousand or so that kind of stayed from the start to the end. But I think when they did the count um, in and out, I think we had almost three thousand people basically. Yeah. Holy shit, man! That was a fun. That was yeah. a fun performance. That was a crazy gig, man. That was just like. It was it was mind blowing, uh, considering that you know. Sorry, man, I'm over. I've overtaken this, but no, no, it was crazy because you had come in, not known a single thing <laughs> that we were doing. Forget the fact that I could. We we didn't even do original. Yeah, you know, we didn't even do original covers. We were sitting there on the fly, taking original covers, fusioning them, and then getting you to play drums. It was like nuts, man. It was like the most craziest, I think, that I have ever been involved in, to be honest with you. So to to um to kind of describe what what because I do want to get into details of what you're talking yeah. about. Because it is it, it is even I'm thinking back now, what you just said is like, yeah, that is actually pretty impressive that I was able, but I will say though, you were putting it together, right? And so it's a collaborative process. It, it like, was a collaborative it, it, process, but man, let me tell you process. something. Talk about a leader. Chet is a leader. 
and he's able to organize. <laughs> this was a hell of a fucking thing to organize. I remember after the whole thing, I remember going to you, Chet, this, this is pretty incredible that you were able to fucking do that. That was a lot of work. And you're working <laughs> full time at your own business. So let's talk about the, t- the, the actual event. What, <clears throat> what was the event? About. Right. So we we got approached. Um, <clears throat> the event was what two years ago, right? Correct. It's about two years about ago. Two, yeah, 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 about two years ago. So we got approached a couple of months prior to the the event, which was in <clears throat> I think it was June, June or July. No, it was May fourteenth. May. Actually. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was a May gig basically by the the Latin Dance Festival. So the Latin Dance Festival happens every year in Bryan Park, um, and they decided that this year they wanted to introduce something a little bit different. So they wanted to introduce sort of South Asian performances. So the band that I play with, Rhythm Dolly, which, you know, you and me have worked in together, um, got invited and they're like, can you do something basically? So we kind of scripted a a two and a half hour session, basically, Mm. of, you know, Punjabi music fused with sort of modern music um, and then kind of this this whole mishmash of things that would kind of be diverse enough so you know it wasn't so typical but at the same time it related to everyone basically um gotcha so i think the challenge that we had was really how do you take what we do which is very traditional right Mm. and how do you make it so that it appeals to the masses you know yeah so if you remember the opening song we did the michael jackson that's um, right and yeah, so we we had uh, and 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 I've got the video here as well, so I'll I'll, I'll show oh, it so oh, people awesome. can see. Yeah, <clears throat> um, we did Michael Jackson, which was originally fused probably about twenty years ago, you know. And I grew up listening to this particular track, and we got a a, a teacher and his students come on and actually dance to it. That's you know? right. And everything was live, so <clears throat> I had a little bit of sort of you know I, I had some stuff pre-made which I was triggering basically. Uh, but I think 90% of the whole thing was pretty much live in the entire thing, basically. And there's a few triggers, a few sound effects and stuff like that, which we did. And what we basically did was we took all this traditional stuff yeah. and we we gave it a flavor that everyone could be like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, this is like kind of jamming to it, basically. Um, we did Despotito, I think we did. That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. And there's a, uh, a couple of other things what was that we it? did. Yeah, Sheeran one called. Oh, dun, yeah, Sheeran dun, one. Dun, 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 Shape of dun, You is that called? Shape of You. That's it. Yeah, that's Shape right. of yeah. You. Which I know you said you're sick and tired of playing. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, dude, I don't want to play this song ever again. Like, oh, I'm man. done with this song. <laughs> you so know? you were talking about, I and it you so so this is Punjabi Punjabi music. Punjabi and, music, yes. And where is it from? <clears throat> All right. So um, Punjabi music is is uh, traditionally from the the north of India. Okay. Right? And it's um, it it has a history. Um, I'm not really qualified to talk about the history per se, but it's it, it's um, it, it's got a history of using a, a massive drum called the dhol, basically. The dole, yeah. Traditionally, yeah. And the dhol is basically. I love that instrument, man. It's it's a crazy loud instrument. Again, when we when we uh, when we play the video, I'll, I'll show you a clip of it. Um, and traditionally, it's a very high octane, very kind of like you know bouncy, energetic kind of music, basically. And what's happened is over years that music has kind of trickled through sort of the subcontinent of India and has now become part of mainstream music as well. So Bollywood have started over the last <clears throat> I would say over the last two years adapting a lot of Punjabi music. So initially, 
you know, in, in, in India, just to give you a very clip, uh, a, a quick glimpse, in India, basically, each state has its own sort of music. Now, I'm from the, uh, the west of India in Gujarat, so we have our own kind of traditional music, basically. Um, but it was never really popular in sort of mainstream Bollywood music. But Punjabi music kind of took a, a liking, and now all of a sudden, every other song you hear in a Bollywood movie um, is a Punjabi song, basically. Okay. You know, and they've kind of taken that, remixed it in their own way, or kind of amended it in their own way to give that flavor and feel. <clears throat> and they're all like, you know, sort of playing Punjabi music. So Punjabi music has really become mainstream. Um, okay. But what, as Rhythm Dolly as a band, we don't just do Punjabi music, we do what's known as Sufi music. Okay. <clears throat> and Sufi music is, um, is a, uh, I, I would say it's almost a, a classical combination of music and poetry. Um, okay. And Sufi music was introduced by sort of the, the Mughal Empire that came in and when they invaded India, basically, and it's, it's inherited from that. But again, it goes a little bit further than that. It's also a Persian influence as well. Oh, wow. So there's this kind of Middle Eastern feel to Sufi music, you know, and the, the traditional term or the modern term that is normally used is basically Qawalis. So a Qawali is a, a group of people um, and it's predominantly vocals, right? And it's it's a choir. It's literally like a choir. So you'll have maybe mm -hmm. seven or eight guys, uh, very very high. Like you're looking at the like the top end ranges of all the notes, basically. Um, and then you'll have the tablas, basically, mm -hmm. and maybe a harmonium, which is a, a wind instrument, basically. So it's like a keyboard, but you basically pump air into it. <clears throat> you know, like okay. the, the the old organs, basically. You used to do it with your feet. This you do with yes. one hand, and then. You so <clears throat> that's Gawalis and Gawalis basically were very, it was, it was, it was about the, the poetry behind it. Very, okay. very poetic. And then you mix that up with like the Raugas, the Indian Raugas, uh, which I think most people are familiar of. And that became your, your sort of Gawalis. So what we do is Rhythm Dolly is we take those Gawalis, we add a little bit of a modern twist to it. And then we take Punjabi music, uh, the traditional stuff and the modern stuff. And we, again, we add a little bit of a twist to it. So it becomes more applicable and more kind of like diversified. So that's, that's pretty wow. much what Rhythm Dolly, the band that we, you know, we, we are part of, <coughs> really does basically. And Brian Park was uh, an extension of that because we took that kind of, you know, mix and then we kind of added a little bit more of a mix to it basically and kind of presented it to a, to a crowd who probably never even heard of half this stuff before, but yeah. Yeah, it's true. A lot of them were, um, it's cool. It was really cool because, at the you know people are hanging out in Bryant Park on a nice warm day in May right already, but then there were so you have that crowd. Then you have the crowd that knew about the festival that was there, which was large, which was extremely yeah. large. And then you had passerbys who were just like, because we're right, we were right on the uh, the street. We were right on Fifth there. Ave. We were Fifth we were Avenue? behind. Yeah, we were on Fifth Ave basically. So we were actually performing on on the gate at Fifth Ave. We were like literally ten feet away from the Fifth Ave entrance. Like so right. that part was blocked off, but people were just kind of circling in and out. Basically, it was it was a buzzing experience. As like, it got darker, right? Because it was it was uh, nighttime by the time oh, we stopped. Yeah, I couldn't see, and it wasn't until I was, you know, <laughs> we were done, and I was able to see how far out the crowd went. It was pretty crazy. Uh, and 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 that dance instructor, by the way, because this I guess was the coolest part about about the um, the festival, which was this dance instructor. She was incredibly, uh, not just a great dancer, but very good at teaching the dances, like to to, to a massive audience, right? Yeah. And, and then also like, uh, 
throwing them right into because we were playing. Yes. Right? We yes, were playing yes, music yes, 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 and they yes. were dancing. And then uh, after that sort of like little, uh, maybe it was 40 minutes of a course, then we performed. And now you see the people who just learn these moves. Apply, playing you know. off against yeah yeah they so were they, cool. they took what they did and they were playing it and they were dancing basically when we were singing so I, th- I think yeah that was really cool it was it was a nice collab basically yeah, going on there one one little quick question just because i uh <laughs> i love thinking about music history and i think about american music i think my roots in what this fucking instrument in front of me is goes back to jazz but jazz goes back to blues and blues goes back to man. It's, I mean, it's, it's like a weirdly complicated starting dark storyline of slaves. Yep. And, and folk songs. Uh, and it, and it bloomed into this beautiful reality we, we have here in, in terms of musical expression. Yes. Right. So like, so that's my roots, right? Jazz, I think. Jazz and then early blues. And that's only maybe a little maybe maybe a little over a hundred years old, right? Yeah. How old is Sufi music, Punjabi music? how what's the tradition? How long yeah, of a tradition it, is this? It oh god, you're you're looking at more than hundreds of years basically. Um I think see the <clears throat> Indian music was um and and again, it's so it, it's really weird when I when I'm trying. There's so much you could talk about this stuff. It's like there's just so many elements. Like there's yeah. so many areas of of Indian music, which is like God, where it came from, how it started, how it evolved. Like the ragas, <clears throat> you know. I I think traditionally, when when people listen, when people say classical music in India, they're always referring to ragas. Basically, you know, different ragas have different flavors. They have different meanings. Basically, and they 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 give you a sense of feel which is what ragas is and, and and without going again I, I don't want to get into the technicalities of ragas because I'm, I'm not fully qualified to talk about it so you know i don't want to say stuff which is gonna someone's gonna listen and go dude you don't know what we're talking about um it's okay. but <laughs> a raga is basically a, a combination of playing notes in a particular manner which give a particular type of feel okay you know uh the best way of explaining it is to when when in western music we say major minor we always say happy sad you yes, know what I'm saying? Majors gotcha. are happy. So a raga is basically that. And then the raga is again subdivided. You know, okay. where you have a note, where you have the the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, um, that again is subdivided depending on how long you hold the note or how you transition the note. All of that goes wow. to making a particular raga. You know what I'm saying? So the raga is really complex. Now, the history of the raga basically started off. Um, way way before like sort of you know the, the the when when india was being invaded basically so they had this style of these ragas you know the tabla instrument is a, is a very classic example um the tabla was invented it was evolved and then different parts of india adapted the tabla to a particular style which became oh. a karana so oh, okay. a karana is basically the housing karana technically translated as a house kar Okay. In a house. So that Gharana or that family basically had a particular style of playing tabla. Wow. So now let's relate that back to the Western music. Let's take yeah. you on the drums. Okay. Now, yeah. historically, from my understanding, is that music, um, and this is going into the, 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 you know, the examples of slavery which you gave, music was really used to communicate messages. Okay. Right? When the slaves were going through and they wanted to do so, that that's how they communicated without, you know, 
other people knowing about it. So that's where the history of that comes from, right? And then it kind Music of evolved, and obviously. Communication. Gotcha. Yeah, it, it was a form of communication, basically. So now jumping back into sort of ragas and tablas and rhythm and stuff. So again, you had these different gharanas, and they all had their own styles, which got evolved. <clears throat> and then, you know, pundits, you know, music pundits were basically, you know, you're, you're sort of the highest rank of musicians, I guess, to some degree, um, would evolve these ragas and develop new ragas, basically. So gotcha. then, you know, you had these ragas, then you had these influences that came in, like you know, the, the Sufi music came in. So they had particular styles. Now, even Punjabi music itself has a particular raga, which it follows, right? It's very subtle, right? It's a particular type of raga, which it follows. <clears throat> and then moving on from that, as time evolved, the, the problem with these ragas was, well, I wouldn't say the problem. The, the, the thing with these ragas is, is that they can go on for an hour and a half, two hours to play the one raga. Wow. So then they modernized it, shortened it, and then it became semi-classical. So where you had a strict rule that this is how you play this, this is exactly how it's going to be played. You had semi-classical, which basically meant, oh, okay, so now we can make a little bit of variation, make it a little bit more lighter than what it's strictly supposed to be. Okay. So then it became semi-classical, and then obviously semi-classical turned into sort of non-classical. You know, and that's the evolution of like sort of Indian music over a period of time. Um, but again, there's just there's just so much. More. I mean, what I'm talking about is just literally scratching the surface. Oh, of course. You know? So yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for uh, for any listeners who, I by the way, I'm talking, I'm talking about this is like post classical. This is like how America's folk music became our modern pop rock and roll music hip even hip-hop how that yeah. everything goes back to folk the folk yeah. aspect my one question without you know you don't have to get deep into a history of it because i know it's so much um my one question is is this music now is this music is it a mix of you have a classical uh discipline of music and you have the folkloric which means i guess uh, instruments that people just created just to pass the time that and to express themselves is it is it a is there a mix of that in the culture or or is it mostly traditional classical discipline no it's traditional classical discipline there was a okay. reason when when a raga was played um there was also a timing element like there was there's rags which you can only play at certain times of the day because oh. they had a particular feel there's a raga that invokes rain so there's a rag called rag mega, basically, which means literal translation means rain. And if you okay. played that rag sincerely and you had that truth in it, you could actually make it rain. That was oh, a blue. wow. Yeah. So ragas are a lot more powerful than um, sort of just the musical elements. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to touch on this very, very, this is more on the scientific side of things. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know how in modern music, like, you know, we let, let's take a modern example, which I think most people understand. EDM music, for example, right? Sure. So when you're, when you're playing EDM music, most EDM musics are played around scale D, E, maybe F, basically. And the reason they do that is because the sub-bass, right? Your sub-bass frequencies basically work better at a certain keynote than they do at other notes, basically, right? So you kind of do that. Now, with the ragas, it was the same sort of thing because each sound that you were performing and playing had an impact because sound ultimately, if you, if you look at the, the sort of the theory that we're all energy and we're mm. all waves and frequencies, we were affected like that. 
So wow. therefore, those sounds were supposed to affect us in a particular way. So those ragas weren't just constructed because some guy decided, yeah, this is how it's going to be played. They had a science behind it. Wow. They actually had the science behind of saying, yeah, this is why, and this is what the effect will be. So if people really kind of listen to a particular type of raga, um, they would be affected in that particular way, whether it was sad, whether it was happy, whether it was joyous, whether it was, um, you know, uh, melodramatic, whatever it was, basically. So there, there was a science behind it. Obviously, you know, there, there's a level of <clears throat> intent that a person needs to listen to it with, yeah. which I don't think, you know, we have the discipline, you know, even as a lover of classical music, I don't think I have the discipline to go into a, a two and a half hour concert and listen to one raga. <laughs> it, it's just like, I, you know, I, and I, and I, and I'm, I'm, I wish I couldn't, I didn't want to say that, but it, it's actually true because it does take discipline to listen to it, not just to play it. Of course. I think, um, yeah. What you're, what I, so what you're talking about, it's, if I was to translate it, because I, you know, all I could, all I could do is be sort of selfish in, in, in the way of translating it to how it relates to, you know, we're, we're a couple of years apart, right? But we're in the same modern time and we yes. have the same references of, of, uh, of what music is, Western music is, right? It's like, um, the only way I could describe it is, our our even music that we cherish western music that we cherish and we hold up to a high regard like of, of a of a of a quality of artistry and you, you know you you did mention michael jackson before you know whatever about the artist yeah. but the music when the music came out it it it, it was stunning like thriller yeah. the album thriller stunning album right there and i can we could throw out countless names of stevie course. wonder the beatles obviously beatles, right yeah. so We'll throw Elvis in there, Chuck Berry. Okay, yeah. so, so while while yeah, those are world changing uh, artists and and the music that create they created. It still ended up. Tell me if you agree with this. It still ended up to where we are now, which is it was just about capitalism to its core. The the, the only reason why it was. <clears throat> It exploded, right? Was because it was pushed because of the excitement behind. Because it was special, but it was mm. man, was it milked? And yeah, you know what I mean. No, so I, I I do agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I have to agree with you on that. I think it, it was pushed it, it capitalism to some degree, basically. And I, I think situations and circumstances bring about a particular type of feel and, and and obviously you know when when you talk about movement feel capitalism to some degree the first thing that comes to my mind in in, in terms of american music is hip-hop yeah. you know the, the yeah. birth of hip-hop was out of rage you know it yeah. was out of expression you know um and i listened to and again this is you know this is just my age speaking now i grew up with tupac biggie you know yep. dmx i i grew up with that and if I listen to that, even Snoop Dogg, some mm -hmm. degree, and then I take, and I'm not criticizing today's musicians at all, like that, that's not the aim of this, but if I compare the, the weight of what they were giving us to the weight of today, it, it, it's like the scale is just so tipped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the scale is so tipped. I feel I like agree. The, depth, the depth of of that music, of, of, of the, the lyrics, um, it's just, you know, it, it's very different. And, and, and again, 
I, I think, you know, playing the devil's advocate, I feel like the reason that is, is because today <clears throat> those issues, those soul hitting reasons are now gone. So now it's more about how do we take this and make it more appealing to the masses? Yeah, pretty much. Right? Because that hip hop wasn't for the masses. It was for a niche group of people, even though they didn't think it was. It was yeah. for a niche group of people. But now, yeah. you know, if, if you take any hip hop, R&B, as they call it now, which is obviously, you know, from Soul Blue, it, it's very, it, as they say, it's commercial. It's because right, yeah. it appeals to the masses because, you know, there's very few people who, who kind of, it's appealing to now, basically. So they, they need to commercialize yeah. it, you know? So it's the same sort of thing. No matter what music you're listening to in what part of the world, I, I think that's the evolution where the, the foundation of it grew because of a reason and a, a need. But the evolution of it has become like the, the need isn't there anymore. For the foundation, yeah. so now we need to basically make it for the masses. So it's got the, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate. It's got the the pros and the cons. Well, so I mean, based, yeah, just based on going right off of what you said. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And what I noticed because we did a gig, um, maybe two years ago, yeah, um, where we we went out and we did somebody's retirement party oh, or the, something like that, or birth, something. Yeah, it was a, it was birthday. a birthday retirement party, something like that. a Long Island gig, yeah. yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and and that gig, you know, I mean, I had I had played that set with you guys at the Brian Park gig. But the Brian Park gig was just New York people, right? If you yeah. know what I mean. So it was just a mix of great and it was great. But I got to see a high dosage of the culture and the excitement behind this this type of Punjabi music. And the room lit up, young and old people. Yeah. And that to me, that to me shows, okay, this is music that the young people, even though they were like in their 20s and stuff, 30s, I call them young people, but they grew up with. And, and based on statistics of living in America, what's the, what's the thing people do? They dismiss what their parents listen to and they take on what was during their time, right? But the connection to that music and and the way that these young people lit up and it was the same as how their parents lit up in in that room um you got to understand cuz i i've how many weddings i've done it was and weddings are even sort of a a heightened energy because people are happy two people yep. just got married right and you know it's not really about the music it's more about the wedding um and the and the marriage but in that room it was a birthday but people the energy lit up and that told me that america's problem is that we are our god or you know i guess some cultures have a, a closeness to the earth nature some mm, cultures have yeah. a closeness to whatever whatever uh gods that they worship right and and that fuels the connection to the music and makes it more mu meaningful and and you go and so anyway going all the way back to my, my point of america's god is capitalism and it's em it's empty that god mm. is empty and that's why we're talking what we're talking about when we're talking about modern modern music <clears throat> you know it's it's man it's just candy coated it's it, yeah it's covered in chocolate but it's styrofoam you know yeah. what i mean yeah. and uh I, I know what you mean and what's cool but you know but what's cool is about chet z productions is um 
Well, first of all, I do like, I do appreciate your endeavor of uh, putting those performances together and wanting a live drummer, even though, and I told you this after the performances, I told you, (laughs) you know, you don't need a drummer, right? Like, because the guys you had playing the dole and, uh, and what was the other instrument? Was it, was it also dole? Tabla. Tabla. Oh, that's right. Tabla, a dole. And and the dolek. So it's like a okay. miniature, yeah. The dolok is a miniature version of a doll, and rather than playing with sticks, it's played with your hands. I mean, that that unit of of that of those percussionists, I'll call them percussionists. Man, like you did not need me. It was funky, man. It uh, was, you know, it, in my opinion. Um, but but it, I like though, and I respect you wanting to kind of modernize, right? It's like an inclusive endeavor. I like that, and you put a lot of trust in me too, because like you said. You kind of just threw me uh, a list of like a hundred songs, and then you were giving me like I remember like emailing you back and forth. You're like, no, no, don't don't worry about that section of the song. Only listen to this, and then we would rehearse. We probably rehearsed yeah. for how many weeks? Couple, five I weeks. I think we maybe? did. We did about four or five weeks of rehearsals. Yeah, for that. Yeah, and we were definitely. we were more than prepared for the for the gig by the time the gig came. Yeah. But definitely. at the first couple of rehearsals, like two or three rehearsals, I'm like, oh, shit, this is this is challenging to just remember the arrangements, right? <clears throat> yeah. uh, so anyway, circling back, Chet Z Productions. So you came out with this, you premiered this single. Was it a yes. year ago, a little over a year ago? Oh, God. Uh, when the project started? Uh, Jesus Christ. So <clears throat> um, my instruments, the keys... As you, as you can see, my keys yep. are over here. Um, yep. My instruments are the keys, but um, predominantly um, I wanted to get into sort of production uh, when I got to the US. So I'll give you a bit of background about myself. Who I yeah, am. go ahead. Yeah. So I'm born and raised in the UK. Um, I was, you know, um, I did my academics in aeronautical engineering and mobile communications. So I was a bit of a tech geek. <clears throat> and on the side, I picked up a keyboard and I started playing keys. I, I'm not formally trained. That's the thing. I've never been for, I've never had any formal training or any sort. So everything I've done is always by ear, which has its pros and cons anyway. Um, most musicians would know. Um, <clears throat> and I played a lot of uh, Bollywood cover songs, basically, in bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got into sort of like your classical and semi-classical stuff and then played a lot of folk stuff and that, that wasn't like my London thing. It was like, you know, gigs week in, week out, Friday, Saturdays, gigs, Friday, Saturday. Same thing you did. <clears throat> and, and then these are like club, two... club gigs, right? No, it'll be so. Uh, uh, club gigs were only when you were crap. <laughs> so oh, you, really? it was, it, oh, yeah, yeah. If you if you played in the club, it was kind of like, he, he plays in the club. but if you played at weddings and private functions and events and stuff, you were good. Okay. So I had gotcha. to, I, it, it took me, I, my first gig was at a, a dinner and dance. Um, so it's, it's a really weird story. So 18, never done a live performance in my life. Um, and, and the rule in Bollywood music is that you have to know all your songs, like your cover songs, like, you know, Bollywood ranging from 1950. And back then it was what, 2000 and something, right? You had to know all your songs. We're and talking when they hundreds know, when of they, songs, right? thousands not even thousands, thousands. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you 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 weren't you weren't picked you weren't given a gig because you were a good keyboardist you were given a gig if you knew the pieces Holy if you shit. knew the interludes that's why you that's why you give them so wow. anyway <clears throat> without ramping on too much age of 18 never done a gig before get a phone call because my uncle used to be in the industry and he's like hey there's a gig over here do you want to go and play 
didn't even drive back then. So I got picked up. It was snowing. Got taken to this like super duper top notch band that was playing from India that came down. <clears throat> completely fucked up the gig. Completely oh, wow. effed okay. up the gig. I, I, you know, hardly knew a single song. Even the ones I did know, I was so freaking nervous. I messed up just then. Anyway, shamble of a gig. You know, luckily there was a guitarist there. So I was, my ass was covered basically. And I, and I remember I went off stage and I, I was really like, I was, I mean, I knew it, they knew it, everyone knew it. Huh. And, uh, you know, the, the, the guy who was paying us came over to me and he's like, he put me, he put his hand on my shoulder, like, look, mate, he goes, it was a good first effort, but you got a long, long way to go. And that was the first, that was the one and only thing he said to me. And I was like, yeah. And he paid me, he paid me before. Like, Don't worry about oh, that's, that, that's good. <clears throat> so my, my journey of music actually started on that day. I was like, shit. I really need to learn my material, <laughs> you know. So the the way we used to practice, uh, it was take decks, play, fast forward, rewind, stop, play, fast forward, rewind. Gotcha. That's how I learned every piece of music, and even till date, that's how I learned my music by ear imitating. Yeah, that's it. That's you're you're a drummer. That's how drummers. <laughs> So, but but even it's even more complicated because you have harmonies and, and melody and shit. Right, so, exactly. So, so and, props and, to you, sir. <laughs> no, it, it was no. I mean, it, it it has its pros and cons, basically, because I mean, that, that, that's the thing. The, the pros are that I'm great with my ear; like I can fit into anything, listen, and just pick it up and run with it. Basically, the flop side of it is, or the flip side of it is, is that you know, technically, I'm not as great as as good keyboardist. Um, <clears throat> the amount of times people have asked me to teach. And I refuse to teach people because I'm just, I'm not technically good. You know, my fingering gotcha. is pretty much awful. Um, I, there's, there's a lot of things I don't know. Um, and I, I'm not ashamed to admit to it either. I, I don't know as much music as which, you know, a lot of people out there. I mean, dude, you're a teacher, man. Like, you know, you've yeah. spent and, you, you know, you're practicing a snare roll for hours on end before you've gone out and taught someone a snare roll. You know? It's true. I could, I could probably teach someone a song, yeah. you know, off the fly, <clears throat> but I couldn't teach someone music, you know, because I've, I've not been taught myself. So I, I am not in any position to teach someone music. Gotcha. So <clears throat> London, yeah, played live music predominantly. Um, I came here in 2012. As you said, I, I run a tech business, which is basically my bread and butter. Uh, so hold know, on, just real fast. Eight, from 18, um, you came to the States in 2012? No, yeah, in 2012, yeah. So 2012, I'm 41 now. So when I was okay. 18, that's uh, doing my maths now. What, what's that? 21 years. So what do we? 2020. So 2020, 2000. Yeah, just before 2000. 2000. Like, yeah, just early 2000s, basically. Is so when really, all mm. of that time in, in in the UK, were you gigging all of that time? Yeah. Were you doing those I, those events? Ev- Friday, Saturday, Friday. So I started off playing with bands who had additional guitarists. So the, the way I started off, they, they basically put me in bands where they had guitarists mm-hmm. just to support me or they had another keyboard player, you know, to kind gotcha. of pick up. Those. So I was kind of, and then slowly, slowly, as my confidence increased, as I started knowing my songs and my numbers, you know, I was then getting solo gigs. So the, the, tech, the, the typical solo setup, gigs. well, solo in the sense that there was no other musician. See, Bollywood just a bands, just a singer and be, you. <clears throat> well, that's what I was going to come to. So, okay, the 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 the, t- the typical setup of a of a small Bollywood band in the UK was 
two singers, a male and a female, mm-hmm. right? You would have a rhythmist, i.e. either a drummer, live drums, or a, a, an octopad. <clears throat> and then you'd have one Indian percussionist who would play the, the dolo and okay. the, the bongos and congos, basically, and then a keyboardist. That was it. Gotcha. So the weight of everything musical or melodious was on the shoulders of the keyboardist. Yep. There was no one else. You would be fortunate if they had a little bit more of a budget at a gig and there was a guitarist. And that was what it was like rehearse. I immediately saw that in, in like within the first two rehearsals of those for those Bryant Park gigs or that for that Bryant Park gig. Yeah. Everything was you were everything. If you we could not rehearse without you. That that is a fact. We, we would, you know. I think Dude, you're giving once. me too much credit, man. You're giving me way, way too much credit. No, I'm is, uh, serious. Like, no, 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 no. You give me too great credit, but um, <laughs> I think it's, I, I think it's, it's more of a mindset. Um, you know, it, it's like people who are, um, who are put into situations, and you know, I respond to those situations in a particular way just because that's how I've been trained. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable being thrown into anything and just being able to start playing. You know. Um, so it, it, as I said, it has its pros, which is bad. Like, I, I, I don't care who you are. You could be a bloody jazz band for all I care, and I'll play whatever jazz piece I know. You gotcha. know, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the basic sevenths all the way through, and I'll, I'll get yeah. out of it, and I'll get away with it. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> so that, that's really the, the pro side of it. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm, that, that's basically London and me, UK and me. I did all the, And then, obviously, you improve... <clears throat> started playing with uh, people from like Bollywood back, uh, background singers, uh, uh, music singers, basically, who came down from India, played with them. I, I, I played with some very auspicious people in, in the music world. Um, very fortunate to play with some very, very talented musicians. And th- there's loads of talented musicians out in, in the UK who did music full-time. Uh, that was the other thing. I didn't do music full-time, so I was only really gigging on the Friday, Saturdays, and the Sundays, basically. Gotcha. You know, music wasn't my full-time gig. And I guess maybe things might have been different if it was my full-time gig, but it wasn't. Um, and then 2012 uh, hit and I came here <clears throat> and I acquired a business basically in tech and I started running my tech business. And then what the, the reason I got into production is because I wasn't getting any gigs. Oh. So 2012, 2013 was kind of like focusing on the business, wasn't really doing any music per se. Um, and then um, I came across a guy uh, well, actually, my wife, well, my wife now, she was my girlfriend back then, uh, came across a guy in Grove Street in Jersey City who was basically, you know, setting up events. <coughs> Excuse me. And she approached him, said, hey, my husband plays keyboard. Um, and then he's like, yeah, come along. And then he introduced me to PM Jam Nights, which was basically a collaborative process of different musicians coming on. I got into the band with Rhythm Dolly, basically. And then that's how I started playing live music. But at the same time, opportunities for doing scoring, background music, um, fierce production music started coming around. And that's how I got into that kind of stuff. So that's where the production side of things came. So looping back around, when I did Yar Banale, Yar Banale was going to be like my sort of first production. <clears throat> I worked on it for a year. And I think I must have done about 15 different versions of the song basically yeah i finally got to yeah you let me hear early versions of it and i couldn't believe it i actually couldn't believe where you started with it and where and how it turned out because it turned out fantastic i'm gonna dude i'm gonna link it and i'm gonna even put a little bit right now probably a little clip of it listeners this is a fucking incredible song 
I truly love this song. I think you did an incredible job. And and I, I want you to go into how it's different than your standard yeah. Bollywood type song. Because it's, it's fascinating to me. <clears throat> so first of all, the, the, the track is um, it's actually a Punjabi and Latin track, purely mixed. So we actually have Latin vocals and Punjabi vocals. So um, cool. that's, that's one unique thing. The, the beat is a hybrid of sort of your typical reggaeton music mixed yeah. with sort of Punjabi music. <clears throat> um, the the aspiration behind this track was the technicalities of merging the two. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of kind of like spin-offs, I would say, of reggaeton music or Punjabi music that's been done. There's a lot of mixes done like this. But I think where I feel my energy was spent is to really kind of blend the two seamlessly. So... It, it, if you were native to either one, yeah. it didn't feel out of place. Dude, you, you are so that's, successful. That's really what I wanted to try and do, basically, with this particular track. You are so successful <clears throat> in it, man. Because I remember you Thank sent you. it to me. I'm like, fuck, what? <laughs> I was like, no way, dude. And, uh, and I, I remember texting you just, just compliment after compliment, man. Oh, no, I, I appreciate that. that. It, it was, it was. I mean, I, you know, it was, it was a lot of work. There was a lot of people involved. There was a lot of revisions. It, it went through a lot of people's ears. You know, it went through okay. a lot of people's ears. Um, a lot of feedback, a lot of criticism, a lot of good critiquing. Actually, you know, a lot of changes. And finally, <clears throat> and the other thing was, I was not well versed with commercial music. Okay. See, I come from a the, commercial music in Bollywood is very different from commercial music. Um, what I created, yeah. um, I was more comfortable with the artistic, with the expressions of playing music for, you know, scoring music, which, which is a very different kind of thing. So the sounds, the, the, the arrangement, it, it was, it was kind of reworking, reworking until it got to a point where it was kind of like, yeah, you know, this, this is, this is actually sounding quite good. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I, I had to help as well. It wasn't like a complete solo. There's other people who got involved, helped me with the arrangement a little bit. Like the, uh, the my engineer, basically, who, who's out in India, uh, Shri, I'll give him a shout. He's a, he's a, an EDM buff, a house buff. He's, he's amazing. And, you know, it went through him and then us going back and forth before it became like, okay, this is now worth 
releasing basically you know so again i i i don't take credit um for everything i i take credit for the idea and you know for wanting to do it in a particular way but i i, I needed help it, it's a collaborative oh, yeah. process of which course. is you know and and i've i've always given everyone credit like from the the, the kid who wrote the lyrics basically uh-huh. i found him on facebook you oh, know wow. he was just a random kid and now me and him are best buds like he's he, he you know he, he keeps on calling me his older brother basically and he's a lovely kid that's um, awesome uh then you know obviously my own you know people like myself my, my my own guys you know my friends basically giving me feedback and then all the pros um oh that's you know, right i did you did ask me some questions that's right yeah i i i and i will i'll always refer to my my mix engineer for example you know, she um, she is someone who mixes for the likes of Jay Z and Beyonce. Like, wow, dude! I came across. She's based out in Atlanta. Um, you know, super duper cool lady. Uh, so freaking talented, so talented. You know, and I and I managed to pull her for doing my mix, and the mix was just like awesome. You know, the and then the, fantastic. the and the mastering. I ended up doing at Abbey Roads. Like, oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, I ended up going to Abbey Roads for a master. Oh, shit. I got a mastering engineer from Abbey Roads, basically, who mastered the entire thing, and yeah, it was it came out amazing. Um, you know, fun fact tip: um, production, mixing, mastering, keep them always separate. I and that's something I I, I adhere to. It costs a little bit more money because obviously you're getting different engineers, but I promise you, your end product turns out the best. If you try and mix, master, and everything yourself, not going to happen. I, I that's something that I can swear by. I, that's I won't. I, man. Yeah. That's an interesting yeah. take on it. And and I don't have enough experience with with you know mixing and production to even <clears throat> to even know if you're right or not, but I, I'm going to take your word for it because if that's that's if that was the the quality, man. Uh now wait hold on. Now is that is that one of your or your first single that release? That was my first. That was my first. That was Fuck. my first. Yeah, that was my first. That what was a, like I mean, what <clears throat> a first what a song for your to be your first. I mean, so for listeners, you got to I'm going to link it. You got to listen to it. In fact, stop the podcast right now and go listen to it. Uh, there's also a, an amazing video. We got to talk about that, too, uh, that you filmed for it. Um, but I'll say about this. What I loved about the song is the sonic landscape that you. So you talked about before with with uh, with tra- traditional music, being able to kind of give off a certain feeling attached to a certain yeah. feeling right while it's not on the nose i did get like man like i, I almost felt like a, there was a romance that came yeah. through the song <laughs> i mean it was clear as day and and you you feel like this summer romance vibe to it hmm. uh but it also is very visual if you know what i mean yeah stimulating in in your mind uh just from the, the sounds it's, it's very soundscapey uh yeah. i think the vocal I think the vocals are so good. Yeah, I, I think that's what probably binded the entire the, the entire composition was the vocals because I think the way the vocals were sung um, really kind of you had this <coughs> modern feel which was the the commercial aspects of it, but there were elements of the um, sort of the traditional parts which came through it as well. So applicability wise, you know, it, it was it was applying to different people basically. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because, you know, when when you listen to sort of hardcore EDM, vocals are kind of in, in the back. It's kind of a, a flavor. You know, yes. you're adding like repeated vocals um, far and few, you know, 
but yep. here it was sort of the other way around where you had mm -hmm. this kind of like house tropical house technically it's tropical house uh, what they ended up doing basically uh, reggaeton tropical house punjabi um and the vocals were all kind of in the foreground and the, the music supported the, the vocals to kind of you know elevate the song um so yeah i you know and i think the vocals were done really well i mean the, the guy who sang them is an ex uh, sorry not an ex he he's some bollywood in the background um and he's released a bunch of his own stuff as well you know very very talented guy um but yeah what's his name gajendra varma basically gajendra okay. <clears throat> he's uh again uh from india very versatile singer um you know uh, got in touch with him and uh, he agreed to do the track so it was all you know it kind of i think the patience and the um, you know, the test of time paid off basically, and I, I took my time with everything. I, I didn't just try and rush in and get it out because I had to get it out. Um, and That's I think good. it it helps because you know a lot of people get frustrated. Like my wife, you know, my wife looks at me and goes, "You're playing the same thing over and over. And what are you doing? Like, come on, move <laughs> on, move on. When's this track going to get done? No, this track's never going to get. This track's never going to get. And, you know, three months have passed, six months have passed, nine months. But oh my god, here's another version of it. The other one was good, you know. And that that frustration that other people have. And, it, and it's understandable, but as, as oh, yeah. you, you know, as a musician, and other musicians will relate to this. It's like, you know, don't let perfection be the end of your, your goal, but have it so that you, at least you yourself are like, yeah, I'm, I'm good at this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's, that's the kind of key on that particular project, basically. You know? What was the other singer's name? The, the guy who did the um, Spanish Manny. vocals? <clears throat> yeah. So Manny was... Um, he used to work in my in my building. He actually got signed up with Sony. He's working for a label in wow. in uh, South America and Puerto Rico. Doing really really well. Uh, amazing rap artist. He actually came into my room once and he was like looking at what I was doing. I, I think he had to fix something. And he's like, "Yeah, this is really cool." I was like, "Do you want to do something?" He's like, "Yeah, let me put some lyrics on this." Wow. So that's how he came into play. Put some lyrics on it, and then obviously the back and forth and everything, and it kind of evolved from where we started off from into this into this so, track basically. So right there, by the way, right there. I got to I got to put a pin in this because uh this is another theme that I always bring up, which is I don't I don't bring anybody on this show that I don't really think is that that I haven't had a good interaction with. Like like I've only had good interactions with the people I've bring on. I I have only had positive interactions with you. You're actually a very helpful dude too. So right there <laughs> is an example of that. And I'm telling listeners like that shit goes such a long way in an industry where you're just trying to either get a gig, uh, form a band. You know what I mean? You're trying to maybe make just make a a, a fucking a little bit of a living doing music. So mm. something like that where you know, you were just so nice and, and, and inviting to the guy. Now the guy's on, on your track. It sounds awesome. Right. And now he, ha you know, you helped him out a lot. You know what he, I mean? Well, he, he was doing his own thing. Anyway, I think Manny wanted to go down the route of, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to say Manny is not his actual stage name. Orange okay. juice, orange juice is a stage name. So I should be saying, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he was already on a path to kind of go down the route of doing music anyway. I think it just this project kind of popped up and it kind of worked out with between us basically. And you know, my his his uh, success is his own credit. Like, oh, of course. Uh, I no, can't take, you know, he's he's done like an amazing job with everything. I, I only mean on. too in the sense of like, your I I didn't mean that like oh here you go you know fly out of my nest. I meant sort of like 
that guy for <laughs> till he dies and and you know his kids will will get to listen to that amazing track is what i'm is yeah. kind of what i'm saying like like here I, i'm gonna tell you i'm not i don't know if i'm on a recorded on a track where i'm like i can't believe i'm on this song and i that's that's the type of song that i'm 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 trying to explain that I think about your song in that way, which is, right. it is, it is an incredible song. Thank and you. I wish I, I wish I were, were on something like it. And I'm saying this guy, man, this is to be the vo one of the vocalists on that tune, man. That's, <laughs> I mean, I'm excited just thinking about that, you know? So hopefully, uh, hopefully I get to be on a track like that, like that, but that's, that's the kind of, that's kind of what I meant by that. You know, you really did something special. You know, I know you, you're you're so close to it because you spent, like you said, you spent so long. I think I was fatigued. I, I think I did. I ultimately, by the end of it, I, I was so fatigued. Like, I, I was literally tone deaf on that track. I I think I must have gone through it so much. Like, and I think that's the, the flip side of it because you yeah. will become tone deaf with a track. Like, if everything yeah. just becomes a blur. Like, you know, and that's why you cannot, I mean, you know, people argue about this all the time with me, and they're like, "No, I can mix my own song. I can master my own song." I'm like, "Number one, you need the freaking equipment to make the master." Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I can, you can't mix a professional track at home. You just you can't. Like, I'm I'm sorry, it's not possible. You 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 won't have all the tools, right? You won't have all. And it's not about expensive gear, but it's it's the technique and it's just it's it's the the acoustics around you. It's everything, yeah. right? It's yeah. it's everything, right? Um, and mastering. I mean, come on, man, like. Dude, <laughs> how do you master a track in your bedroom? It matters. Like I, it, it does. I mean, that's the it, that's, it that's that's the sheen, right? That's that's the sheen you're putting onto everything. Yeah. So that's why I'm always an advocate of hey, producing a track, great. Get it up to a point where you need to get it mixed, and then hand it to someone who can give it a fresh. And it, it's about freshness. It's about you're tired. You you've gone through it. You've played it so many times. You've heard it so many times. Now everything just starts sounding the same you know it's it's that yeah. same kind of thing basically you know it's it's like when you're playing the same song at every other wedding and you're like yep you know you're you're playing it without even thinking about it dude and that's like sad that depresses me when i'm on <clears throat> autopilot man yeah you're right yeah you, you're not thinking you're on your phone texting you know, and i and i've done it as well like you know i'll be <laughs> on my my phone will be here on the side of my keys i'll be playing away and i'm like looking at my messages while playing and then yeah. at that point you realize that dude you're, you're, you're done with this like it's, yeah. it's not you're not smart anymore you're not professional anymore you're just kind of like eh, it, it's become another job you it's know? a job yeah yeah and that's where you have to kind of go <laughs> And I think you, you know, I'm going to bring this back on you now. I think you did this where you were feeling that and you were like, dude, I need to do something different, mm -hmm. you know? And this is the most important thing that I, I think I've taken away from you. It's like, dude, I can't do this anymore. How many times am I going to play the same freaking song over and over and over and over again? Yeah. I, uh, I think <laughs> I realized though that I, you know, I'm not, I don't know if, I don't know if I, if I'm the guy to do that, that there, I'm not saying anything about doing it. And I've said it on this show before, and I fucking wish I was one of those those people who love doing those entertainment gigs and just love playing. Yeah, I yeah. I fucking wish. Are you kidding me? I you know how much money would be in my pocket right now? I wouldn't be worried about paying bills and shit like that. You know what I mean? But but you know, but for whatever reason, I'm not wired that way, and that's fine. And uh, and you know what? I'm happy to step aside so somebody who wants that gig can have the gig. Because yeah, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter how good I am. I'm, I'm a little bit of poison to that group 
because of my attitude going in. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't matter how good I play. I, I'm not excited to be there. I don't even want to be there. And that's not good yeah. for a group, in my opinion. Oh, so I, uh, I've, I've had, even back in the UK, I've had gigs like that where I'm like, you know, I go to a gig and it's the, the same old shites. And you're kind of like, all right, here we go. And you're like, okay, you've done your gig, you've taken your budget. <laughs> <clears throat> and you've gone home and you're like, okay, yeah, it was just another gig basically. And then you go to some gigs and you're like, it blows your mind off because you did something different or some singer came, some guest singer came on and wanted you to do some stuff. And you had, you had a jam with that person and you, you know, like in uh, Brian Park where you and Sajoy had your sort of solo pieces and you played off. Oh, that's each other. right. That was amazing. Like, you know what I'm that's saying? Right. And you get stuff like that and you're like, wow, now I'm that's excited. Right. And then, you know? yeah, me and Sajoy actually, did some collaborating, did some videos. Yes. Uh, he came over, he did percussion and drum. Yeah, that, that's right. So that's another, that's another going back to how I started this show, which was you meet people, you make connections and uh, you wind up collaborating somehow. You know, when you, you don't know that when you're shaking your hand, uh, somebody's hand for the, for the first time, you don't know that, you know what, a couple months from now, we're going to be collaborating uh, on yep. something cool. So I, that's why I love, I, that's why I love about, uh, when you meet, when you get a gig through somebody who knows you and you have somewhat of a friendship or acquaintance, I love that stuff, man. It always leads to, to really positive things. Really good stuff. Um, just, I want to, cause I want to, I know you, I want to get you cause you have some stuff to show us, right? Po you know, just, um, some, you know, yeah, I sort can, of just a little um, bit, you know, <clears throat> um, I, I wanted to just show you that Brian Park video basically I, I think oh, yeah. that'll be pretty interesting for, for the viewers basically I'll, I'll see if I can uh, definitely pull that up just give me one second uh, let me just get it ready yeah we, we did this kind of like snapshot it's like a three minute video of sort of Brian Park um, here you go. <clears throat> let me know if you can see the screen yep can see it all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this. Hopefully, the volume will stop. Everything's okay. Yeah, this uh, was this was the Brian Park video. Now, are you hearing volume? I'm not hearing anything. Are you? I'm not hearing anything. Okay. There we go. There it is. There it is. That's right, I remember this, yeah. Yeah.
There we go, this is you. So yeah, that was, oh man, uh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, dude, it brings back that brings I, back memories. Man. Oh man, just this, 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 this image over here in, at light time, like when it goes from day to light, it was just like shit. Whole <laughs> crowd of people, back and you see the, a little bit of the skyline there. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was, it was, it was magical. I have to admit, that was like the magical thing, man. That was a magical thing. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> so fun, dude. It's so funny how I and I had a, I had a uh, one of my previous guest a few weeks back you know i hadn't worked with the guy in years man but when you rehearse so much on certain material you just don't forget it for some reason so he's playing yeah. you know he's like replaying <clears throat> music that i had played years prior and i just remember every single note it's uh so that's kind of what was happening there i was like oh i know what's coming i i knew every note I, yeah. I, it's just weird how, yeah um we did a gig last year there's a similar, you know, we did similar set, right? Yeah. We did uh, Jersey City, right? I think. Yeah, we, yeah, it was an exchange place. Basically, we had a, a sort of smaller. It was um, what was it? I think it was the Holy Festival, basically. Um, people throwing colors around everywhere and everything. Yeah, so That's we did right. that gig. The same sort of thing, basically. Love yeah. playing Again, with you guys, it was man. open stage. Yeah, likewise, man. I mean, it's you know, great minds, you know, great fancy musicians, basically, and everyone is kind of enjoying what they're doing, and it's not. It doesn't feel like it's a burden, basically. And I think that's what, what it is, the, the opportunity to express. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying. You know, it's, it's, it's being able to express. Um, and that's, that's when, like, true music comes out. You know, the, right. the, the true sheer talent comes out when you can actually express in a, in a particular way. I do love playing to a, to a, an ex, a crowd that's excited yeah. to hear. <laughs> There's an expectation of what they're going to hear, like, and and uh and then when they do when we start playing the, i mean the energy is usually in a wedding or something it's it it you have to reel them in a little bit 
Yeah. But that particular crowd, they they knew, you know, for that festival, <laughs> I mean, for um they knew yeah, what they it, were gonna it, hear. It it definitely helps the, 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 the guys on stage, you know, whether you're dancing, whether you're playing music, no matter what you're doing on stage, you, you need you need the audience to respond. Like that that's really what makes you buzz. It's very difficult. I, I know a lot of people say, you know, you've got to go out on stage, you do what you do, regardless of how many people are going to clap and cheer for you. But I think, you know, the audience is is also playing a role in this entire performance because the audience is your catalyst. You yeah. know, who it's very difficult as as any artist to go on stage and perform anything and the audience doesn't give you that response because that catalyst of making you feel excited that they want to hear you. Yeah, you know, and and that is so critical. So it's it's not just about the guys on or the girls on the stage. It's it's about the audience as well. So it it, it is a collaborative thing, even from that perspective. You know? It's it's uh the, as far as the roles in the band too. Going on what you just said, uh, you know, you're condu- you're the leader. So every you're kind of helping the arrangement, right? I'm I got my eye on you for sure. Um. But then percussionists are working to keep the glue of the, the rhythm, okay? And and the groove, too. I'm, I just want people to dance, of course. But I got to say, too, the singers up front, man, every show I play with you guys, they are so good at interacting. Yeah, it, which, it's necessary. You know, it, it, I mean, it, a part of it is, uh, you know, there's a big conflict that happens, uh, entertainers versus singers. Mm-hmm. You That's know, right. the, the, there's this gray line of, you know, people who are good entertainers versus people who are good singers. Um, there, there are people who are just very great vocally and are super duper talented singers, but as entertainers, they're not that great. So people don't enjoy watching them as much. Mm, that's right. You know, um, I think, and, and again, you know, I, I don't, I'm, it's a very controversial topic. <clears throat> is it better to be a good entertainer on stage or is it better to be a good vocalist on stage when you're doing live? I mean, it's, it's a bit of a gray area and I'm sure everyone's got different opinions, basically. I mean, you need a bit of both, right? I, I think I think what you're talking about it's a great discussion but I I, I actually I think the uh, the issue is the fact that we don't the reason why you th- you're it's controversial I don't agree that it's controversial but I know what you're talking about that people would find it controversial and I think it's because of the capitalist um, ways in which we go about performing you know why is it that somebody let's say who's a fantastic singer but doesn't really move on stage, but mm. what's coming out of the speakers and into that microphone is absolute beauty. Yeah. Why, why is that? Why is, why are we judging that voice and that art based on what kind of venue they're playing on in? in I mean, you know what I mean? But, but then that, that, but see, to home onto that point, uh, it's, it's like these talent shows, right? Uh-huh. You're not only being picked because you have the, the talent you're being picked because have you got a presence on stage? Are you going to create a following? Are you going to create a market? Okay. And that's the key word. Are you creating a market now as, as a, as a band, you know, there's, there's energy, there's, you know, mm-hmm. there's that flair. So people want to watch you. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's pleasing to the eye. Right. But then <clears throat> that is overtaking the people wanting to listen. So modern day music as a keyboardist, yeah. You know, it's, it, you know, even if I go back to Bollywood stuff, it's very difficult for me and two keys to basically create that, 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 that feel of the song because it's so yeah. 
technically advanced. There's so much happening. Yeah. Like it, it's difficult, which is why, you know, if you look at most Bollywood musicians, uh, sorry, I'm taking this away slightly from the, the no. topic, but okay. if you, if you look at Bollywood musicians in the UK or anywhere, basically the preference of wanting to play live music was between the eras of like sort of your 1950s up to your 2000s, 2010 even because music was still playable on mm-hmm. a live platform. Mm-hmm. To replicate, uh, let's 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 take a song like you know, let's take Despotito. You know, we we did sure. that on stage. Sure. At a very basic level, if I took Despotito and I did it on stage, <clears throat> you're never going to be able to replicate that that feel, right? Just because of all the all the the effects on there, just because of everything that's happening, right? And then if you take a a, a, a particular song like let's take anything from the Beatles, mm. you know, a drummer, two guitarists, and a bass, you pretty much covered it. Right. Yeah. Depending so, on the song. Yeah. Right. Depending on the song, you pretty much covered it. So it was you. You felt like you were doing the cover justice. Yep. Now it's like, am I even doing this cover any justice? Does it make sense for the singer to just put on a backing track and just sing to it? You know. Uh, yeah. That 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 blows my mind. That 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 people are paying the amount of money that they're paying to see these performers yeah. and they're playing. They're singing to a backing track. That's they're singing to a backing track, or you know, and you know, Justin Bieber's a. I'm gonna take his name, you know. I'm, I'm I'll be honest, with you, I'm not a great fan of him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, you know, he's he's talented to 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 being a talent, but you know, he's gone on stage and he's been criticized for basically mining, you know. And so is a mm-hmm. bunch of other people as well. But he just came to my mind, and it's like it it it's unfair. So now going back to what we were really talking about is like you know, the entertainer versus the the artist. Mm. You know, what am I, what are you paying for? Are you paying to see me jump up and down or are you paying to see me sing? Like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's as a musician, I want you to see me sing and play. I don't want you to basically pay to see me jump up and down because it's visually insane. Like, use your ears. So let me ask you, let me ask you, because I'm following exactly what you're talking about. When I was talking about before with, Capitalism is sort of creating the measurements for what's valuable and what's worthy and the hierarchy of, I guess, an arena and a stadium is as big as you can go, right, for for a musician. And then even on top of that is the Super Bowl performance or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or an award show or something. But what's behind arena or underneath arenas and stadiums is theaters. Now, that that energy that you're talking about of a of of a performance fits a stadium and fits an arena, no problem. There's an argument to be made though that artistry, to hear me sing. It, I think it, I think it fits in the theater, depending on the size of the theater for sure. And then below <clears throat> that though, here's and here's my point. What's below that, man? What's below hmm. a theater as far as? When, when we talk about the measurement of worth, because from what I see, um, below a theater would be places like Irving Plaza. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, those types of rooms, right? Yes, yes. But what's below that? And it, it just gets further and further apart, meaning where those singers belong in certain smaller, more intimate venues um, for whatever reason, though, nobody wants to go to those venues or those venues at least don't have, those venues have to be bars to survive. Mm. 
Yep. So this is the issue that we have where I think the mainest issue is just the the value in the art. Yeah. Do you I don't know how how you see it though. Um I, I it's it, it's true. I mean, you know, having a room with 20 people mm. having a room with 20,000 people you know, the artist is going to have to perform differently. With 20 people, the artist isn't going to be jumping around. It's going to be, you're going to want to listen to the person. Mm. And I've been in both environments. I've been in environments where I've had people in the audience who are actually just listening to you. And they're listening to yeah. you with intent. And mm -hmm. you can feel that because they're staring at you, they have their arms crossed, and they're like literally listening to you. Yeah. They're waiting for you to F up that note. You know, and I and I remember the intensity because I've had gigs like I've many many gigs like that. But it's a challenge, but I prefer it because yeah. now I know that you're listening to me. And this is what happens after that gig. Not that I'm looking for any appraisal. Guys will come up, shake your hand. Not bad, well done. And then you feel like holy crap, like someone was listening to me. Yeah. Where you get other gigs like, oh my god, you guys are amazing, man. You guys are so freaking awesome, man. You guys are amazing. Okay. But we didn't do nothing. Like we were just bashing, and we were just, yeah, man, you guys had such a great time. So you're talking about you're talking about maybe the performance, the dosage of, yeah, of of like a perfected art was more potent in the in smaller small, setting. Yeah, because I, now people don't have distractions. They're not yes. distracted by the other things. Yes, in, okay. a, in a constant environment, you're distracted by everything the lights the sounds the 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 whole you know environment is is a, is a distraction and it's yeah. it, it's almost like that becomes 95 percent of what you've paid that 150 dollar ticket for yep and then that five percent of oh i'm gonna listen to the song that i like you yes. know versus the opposite on this intimate level where it's like a hand few people have come down 95 percent of this is what you're performing you know, God, yeah, and that to me is as an artist, right? Not as an entertainer, as an artist, I'm like, okay, that that's my true value because mm. you're listening to me play my keys. You're listening to me perform, sing, play whatever it is. You know, I agree the, with the you. Stadium, the 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 Brian Park is 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 an energy boost for all of us, right? It's it's an energy boost. Now, even the Brian Park, though, I I will say this. Nothing we did on that stage was a easy, right? Yeah. Secondly, was run of the mill, and thirdly, was yeah. pre-recorded. Everything yeah. was done as if you know it was live. Yep. You know, for ourselves as musicians, we can I can honestly say it was it was it was work. Like I, we had to think, we had to coordinate. Remember when I was playing that? Uh, I, I think it was a Michael Jackson song. Basically, the dun, dun. I had pre-recorded that baseline, right? Remember, yes. and you were like, "Dude, I can't keep tempo with this." I go, "This is difficult, man." You, remember, we, we had that conversation like two or three times, and the guys were like, "Dude, man, we can't. You'll have to do this live." Was, was it because it was? Um, was I don't really? Was it because it was programmed in a way? Yeah. To be, it was when it came in. It wasn't in time. It yeah, exactly. Or remember, something like that. Like, okay. Yeah, gotcha. and you're like, I don't know if I, if I miss the beat, I'm screwed. Remember, we uh, had that yeah. and that we had that conversation, and it was like, oh, okay, and we had to work it out and stuff. I think we ultimately, I ended up playing it anyway, or something like that. Okay, but the, but that shows the integrity of what we're trying to achieve. 
Yeah. Right. So from the musical standpoint, we all kind of had to gear ourselves up and go, shit, how is this going to work? You know? And then when we yeah. went out on stage, audience didn't know that. The audience yep. would have never known that. They would, but, yeah. Yeah. But it, that's what went to make that entertainment show. So even though we were entertaining people, we were still entertaining people with the, the technicalities of, okay, let's make this entertainment work in a particular way. The, the guys who came and danced, they had never practiced with us. That's right. They, they had never came <clears throat> to a single rehearsal because they didn't have time. And they went out on stage, kudos to those two guys, right? Yeah. To go and perform to a recording, which then we had to do live. So I think mean, about it. I mean, one of them was a child, right? He was, he was the little Michael Jackson, right? Yeah, he was the little Michael Jackson, basically. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm saying. You know, so if, if you look at it now from that particular standpoint, it's like shit. We really pulled off something which was magical. It know? was. We had a, yeah. Like what we. I mean, what's scarier than the unknown, right? And we had. We there was an element of. We don't know how the fuck this is gonna go. No, we we didn't. Okay, we we prepped as much as we could, but you know, it it wasn't like everything was written. It wasn't like everything was scored to the T. <coughs> didn't didn't we um, didn't we imitate a specific uh, arrangement? that was like customized for that yeah we did it, it was it yeah. was it was it was customized but we but again it still had you know it still had things going on which you know you couldn't like you know basically that that particular track was ice ice i, I remember the ice tea song ice 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 oh that's right right and that's then right. Ding, and then you had the uh, ding 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 yeah. And then that was mixed with a Punjabi song, basically. That was oh, the original okay. mix that was done 20 years ago. So we replicated that. You know? Wow. <laughs> so it was, yeah. I mean, again, you know, that's what I'm saying. That's that, right. There, there was technical that challenges. <clears throat> but the, the point to your point, basically, you know, it's, it, in my mind, this has always been a, a conflict. And I don't think there's an answer to it. It's, it's the artist versus the entertainer, basically. And, you know, what are you going there to pay for? You know? Um, yep. it, as I said to you, I, I you know, I, I, I consider myself to be a fairly good keyboard player. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not great, but I didn't get hired because I was a good keyboard player or a bad keyboard player. I got hired back in the UK because I knew my song and that was it. I was able to cover a song and play the pieces. And that's why I got hired. Yeah. You were providing a service, period. Yes, basically. That's what it was. You were, I, you know, you were, were a uh, you were a reliable service. That's it. Yeah. And the yeah. the more the more songs I knew, the more chances of me getting hired by other people were. And that gotcha. that was it. It was simple as, you know. It is. Uh. It, yeah. What to your point? I mean, I'm trying to think of the like, what's the last arena stadium show I've seen? It was uh, Foo Fighters, I think, and mm. it was like two years ago. And they're great. I love. That's one of my favorite bands. Um, I remember though. What was that 2018 or something like that? I remember. that I also saw a theater show. I saw like the Pentatonics. Uh, I saw a lot. I saw a lot within like a year or two. And I do remember though that, and and small clubs, like some of the jazz uh, scene, New York jazz scene guys, man, I, uh, fucking incredible performances. So I had a range of what, what I, we were talking about before, which is the hierarchy of of uh, what's valuable in terms of the measurement, right? In terms of what venue. Like one was in some, like Village Vanguard, underground in, you know, in the city. One was uh, at, at a club called New Blue, you know, um, others were at, you know, like one was at, uh, the, the Red Sox stadium, you know, and then one was in a the theater. Uh, I think it was, um, Beacon theater. So 
what what actually to me this is my own opinion was the most valuable uh performance that i witnessed and i almost felt like i can't believe i paid so little to witness this fucking um, uh talent on stage which was the pentatonics and i don't know if you're familiar with them but and if listeners if you're not familiar with them go check them out even if you don't like the music you got to know that they're an acapella group i've I've heard you've heard of them right they're fucking insanely good and uh, you know and i pay attention to little things like they were coming off of a long 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 tour they looked exhausted physically but they had to do some like dance routines or whatever which i don't give a shit about i just want to hear you sing the 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 talent level the the quality of the performance was so high that that was the best show that i saw that year or within the last however many years it has been and uh it goes it goes to show like whatever the reason is they were able to climb that ladder of success i would like to think because of their ability to obviously the performing is performance and arrangement i think if they go hand in hand really well Mm -hmm. you can sell uh you or you can market yourself and be very successful if your arrangements right so yeah yeah, i mean like it it's uh it's a challenging uh where do you go like where do you go to to even um do you chase the money you know do you chase the do you try to get the gig that's this is the uh or you know do yourself that's that's you know that that that's the the challenge right it's um that's it's always going to be a challenge um you know how how do you poise yourself especially when you're new when once you're established it's different i think the rules change once you're established it's mm. like quantum physics right you know anything at a quantum level works very differently than when you're, when you're at the, the large level basically so i think it it but it's always going to be the $64,000 question. I think there's always going to be different opinions, different, and, and there's no right or wrong. I feel like it's, it's an individual thing, basically. Yes. So, so as far as, uh, I do want to, because I, I want to circle back around to Yarbanale, the video. So that was extremely successful, right? As far as like on YouTube, right? Yeah, we, we, we managed to get about one and a half million views basically um, so far. I, I haven't checked lately, but the video was, uh, you know, it was, it was done with a story in mind. Um, again, it, it wasn't, it had a little bit of a family flavor to it. If you notice like yourself and everyone else in the video, basically. Oh, that's right, yeah. And just to put it out there, guys, you know, Mr. Anthony was in the video. Um it, it was it was really cool because we, we managed to get a lot of people involved in the video, still make it seem professional, but at the same time have it as a, a sort of a, a family and friends affair rather than kind of like, you know, sort of hired dancers, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that, that was the, the thought process behind the video. We didn't want to make it, um, you know, derogatory to anyone. Uh, we wanted it so that, you know, your five-year-old niece, son, daughter, nephew can watch it as well as a, a sort of a 65-year-old basically. You were very successful in that, and even even at the shoot on the day. We're on the I'm on the beach on one of the hottest summer days, yeah. And I have a drum kit on the beach, you know, like a small little drum kit and whatever. And uh, thankfully, I only had to do a, a little bit of shooting. You had you were busy all the whole day as like the director. You and well, your actually, wife, right? To, to be honest, yeah. Actually, to be honest with you, my wife was the one who was coordinating that, and she was hats off to her. She actually produced with uh, FX, um, uh, FX who was our he was oh, shooting yeah. and that actually was producing. Yeah, he was, and him and my wife basically kind of 
you know, took a, a hand in hand in kind of getting that that video to where it was basically. So yeah. You got you guys captured great footage. You had great that's the other thing. You had actors and essentially, right? You had you had personalities to, to be yeah. characters and uh you know, you hadn't really met them, right? I mean no, other than we, the guy we, you worked we, with. Um even there we yeah, I mean Priya, Numa, Akshun, I mean Manny obviously I, I've known him personally for a while now. Um, you know, the, the those three guys were relatively new. We became very close, you know, for our, even FX for that matter, you know, we, we didn't really know each other. Um and I think Yarbanala kind of brought everyone together and, you know, made it sort of a very um um it, it was it was it was cool because we kind of made new friends and you know yeah. we um we had a we had a chance to kind of expand the, the crew and stuff like that. We're all in touch though. It's a fun know, day, know. man. That was a fun yeah. day. It could have been a stressful one, but it was a fun day, you know what I mean? Because mm. it, it shows it goes to show, you know. Um that guy FX, man, was so cool, dude. He was and he, but the quality of his uh of his of his work was was I was uh I was impressed. I was impressed when I saw the the the, the footage. I was like, holy shit, this is yeah. this is an incredible video. It man. came out so, it, it came out really well. Um What's now? Do you have? Are you working on anything recently? No, uh, at the moment it's just my my. You know, she's actually just got up. She just got up. Yeah. So yeah, last year we we got a daughter. She twenty fifth of July was when she was born, and she kind of takes up a lot of my time. I mean, I'm dabbling in a few bits and bobs, but I don't get as much time as as I want to. I'm hoping, you know, once she's once we're out of this craziness and uh, she's at yes. school and stuff, then I can start getting back into more and more and more basically. But right now it's just kind of dabbling on stuff. Of, yeah of course nothing crazy cool man oh so, yeah cool chat man dude thanks so much for doing this dude i wish nah, i wish man. we can hang thank soon. you very much i really nah, I, hope I mean we can there's, hang very soon we will definitely i mean there's just so much we can talk about it's just um you know uh, there's just so many exploratory i mean maybe we can do this you can call me again i'll be yeah. honored to jump yeah. on again with you and we could do a part two session basically where we do some more interactive stuff absolutely man definitely cool man Thanks Thank so much. Thank you very much, buddy. Of course, listeners, Chet Z Productions, go check out Yar Banale. I'll put a link in, in the thing, whatever. And uh, everybody stay safe, <laughs> Chet, stay safe. And uh, Thanks, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Take care. Bye. All right. That was awesome. Chet's such a such a good dude. Uh, yeah, please check out, please check out his single, uh, Yar Banale. Again, the link will be in the description. Um, and uh, okay. I appreciate, again, I said every episode, I really appreciate all the listeners. Reach out to badumbiz at gmail.com for any questions, any requests, uh, compliments. If you hate the show, I don't care. Twitter, too, uh, Instagram, and all that stuff. Yeah, reach out. Uh, I'm willing to interact. Also, here's one little last thing here. I'm doing, I'm doing drum lessons virtually from home and i've actually been doing them for for uh, a few months now because of the pandemic and uh, actually i gotta say i think uh quality is very good now uh, if anybody's interested in uh, a virtual lesson please email badumbiz at gmail.com all right everybody badumbiz to you and take care Bye.